The Those Guys with Ships Show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. How are we doing? Doing pretty well. I want to talk about Star Citizens. Yeah, after the week I had previously, I want to talk about Star Citizens too. Okay, well, let's do that then. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Hey, what a coincidence, guys. We have a Star Citizens podcast, so we, we can f- do that. It works out so well. platform for it. Amazing. <laughs> well, it's like we planned this or something. The serendipity is palpable, which means we are Those Guys with Ships, and this is episode 64 of the Those Guys with Ships show. It is our Star Citizen Organization community podcast. Now, tell me, has everyone seen the Deadpools yet? Yes. Yes. It's on on Saturday. All right. Good. So, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it. I mean, I don't think you can really actually spoil the, the movie. Um, I mean, it's it's just... it's a He's irreverent. There's lots of gratuitous violence and some sexual references. It's Deadpool. But yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not... It's it's they they do a fantastic job of uh, treating the character properly, and there's a little bit of heart. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was I would good. Argue more, I would argue that there's more than a little bit of heart. Yeah. It was a... I, it was a, it was a very well done movie. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. For for the way that they handled the subject matter, um, they they did a great job. Do you think it would stand up to a sequel? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, th- I would think yeah. so. Yeah, hmm. I, mostly more than a sequel. I would love to see him show up in other movies now. Just a, a, a cameo, just him standing in the background, like, and when the camera pans past him, he just like waves, like, "Hi, mom," and then just disappears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, it just, I, it seems like we, you know, we've heard the joke. So I'm just wondering if it'll stand up to another telling. You know, mm. well, I think I it's mean, gonna depend. I mean, it's, you know, the, I mean, the characters are decent. I mean, they're pretty well-rounded characters. I think I feel like they fleshed them out pretty well. Um, we didn't get as much. I was expecting from the previews. I was expecting more from the bartender kind of, kind of, uh, you know, not really sidekick, but he was just kind of the bartender guy. In, in, in the previews, he seemed like a real uh, like a sidekick, but he really didn't. I mean, he was basically just around, right? Yeah, so, yeah. That was a little bit surprising. I think um, for me, the the biggest takeaway is how stupid Hollywood is. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, well, <laughs> I mean, me, Hollywood me, is, is fear driven. And let me explain. Um, so uh, I'd read a really interesting article recently, and I, I agreed with it a hundred percent. In that, what Hollywood has taken away from this is not the character is a rated R character, but what Hollywood's taken away from this is, oh, people like to see rated R superhero movies. And so, for example, the rumor is that Superman versus Batman will have a rated R director's cut. I think that's the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah. What, what Hollywood should take away from this, Hollywood if you're listening, um, is uh, that 
what they did right was they took a character that is a rated R character, basically, and they did not dumb him down for the audience. They they treated the character with respect. Batman versus Superman. Superman is not an R-rated superhero. Wonder Woman is not an R-rated superhero. Batman, PG-13, maybe. R, not so much. And, well, it, and depends your, the, it depends yeah, on it depends your definition on the of R. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, and, I and get with it. Batman, it depends upon the comic. And, and, Batman, yeah. certainly in some of the uh, f- the Frank Miller comics, I would feel like is R. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't argue that point. But I think that Dawn of Justice, uh, you know, and Batman versus Superman right. specifically, does not need an R-rated director's cut. No, um, I think that that's gratuitous and pointless. And I hope that we don't see more of that. I think that um, the the lesson to be learned from Deadpool is treat the characters with respect and treat the fans with respect and Deadpool is an R-rated character so it made sense that it would be an R-rated movie yeah I, I feel like gonna, it's the same I'm not going to belittle your your uh, your opinion but I am going to say that as an adult and having been an adult for a while <laughs> for at least, I, at least I, a good period of time for at least a good period of time I appreciate adults acting like adults in a film that's yeah. true no, when, totally. when an adult acts like he's 13 because that's all they're allowed to get away with, uh, that detracts from the movie for me. Right here is some guy who should be saying, you know, something with four letters in it and instead he says shucks. I sit there, that draws me out of the film. I would like them to be able to say that without having, you know, without it being an issue. Well, or, here, here, you know, that sort of thing. thing. Or just adult actions that may occur or, or things along those lines. Or, heaven forbid, we shoot someone and there's blood. No, no, I can't. I can't argue that point. But I, I will say this: um, Superman's a Boy Scout. Superman is absolutely is, true. Is is not a character that would curse uh, historically, and I think that they treated Superman in in this most recent Superman uh, movie. They 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 did a good job with taking a rather depthless depthless character. Superman's a pretty one note superhero. He is. He is. And I think that's been one of the problems with them rebooting that franchise. And I think that they did a really good job with giving that character some depth and giving that character some 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 pain, some growing pains, um, some life experience, um, and a little drama. And I think that they served that character correctly. Um, you know, I don't want to see Superman curse. I don't want to see Wonder Woman's boobs. Right. Yeah. I, I think the, the 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 trick that Hollywood needs to learn. I think they they they've still. It seems like with the Marvel movies, they've begun to figure out, but. If you want your movie to sell well, you stick to whatever the character is known for or was true to. Like like Spider-Man 2, fantastic, spot on. Because it's about the core of what the character is. And, and lo and behold, if it works for 75 years in a comic, what do you know? It's <laughs> yeah, successful it's in a movie. A film. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel like, you know, like you said, Deadpool is vulgar and, and uh, says all sorts of terrible things and... Uh, is irreverent and and self-referential, and that's his character. If you dilute that, then it doesn't work as a film. Right. Um, But that doesn't mean that you need to apply that same stick to every character in the hopes that it makes it effective or believable for other characters. It doesn't work for those characters. Right, and that's the thing that, you know, the the, the takeaway that I don't want to see Hollywood have, which is people want R-rated superhero movies. And it's like, no, 
they want good superhero movies that speak to who those characters are and are, are done by well act by good actors and written by good screen uh, screenwriters and directed by good directors. It is and worth if that seeing... happens to be R. Right. Then exactly. Go for it. Exactly. I'm yeah, cool. it is nice. I think it does prove to Hollywood that you can make a successful R-rated yes uh, a superhero movie, but the key is it also has to be good, not just R-rated. And that's yeah. the hard part. Exactly. And and if Ben Affleck's Batman is more Frank Miller and more and, and darker than and and pushes the envelope towards an R rating, I can buy off on that. You know. Um, well, see, I think the, recently the Batman Origins movies, I I would have I would have preferred to see those in an R setting. Yeah, um, I agree. I feel were, like the Nolan Batman yeah, movies those were much darker, much been better. Yeah, and I think they would have benefited from having that ability, from having the, the leeway to be R rated. Yeah, um, mm. you know, but you know, I guess we'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely, and we've we've still got um, Suicide Squad to come out, so we're gonna kind of see where I think that's PG thirteen, right? Is I'm it? not sure. Yeah, well, they might actually. They might not even have a rating for it yet. Watch, it's gonna come out as R now because the that Hollywood execs are me. like, oh, make this movie R. Not even Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. I I don't mind seeing Linda Carter naked, but I don't want to see Wonder Woman the character naked. Right. It doesn't speak. The, it does. Yeah. It's okay. Not the character. In, in a role play fantasy universe, yes. We just I, I, we're just gonna have I, to agree to yeah. disagree on that one. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, um, Ace got a homework assignment for you. Oh. Oh no. I saw this. I did. Peek at the yep, show notes. Yep, 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 yep. We'll discuss it next time because we've already uh, we've already chewed up the uh, the high getting to know you part of the show. So. <laughs> okay. Superhero debates, gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll discuss this next time. But um, I thought it was pretty interesting, guys. I need this skin for my honey badger. <laughs> this is so wrong. Oh when, my god! When you said that the text earlier this week, holy mackerel. Yeah, I didn't so, realize so my, you were. Uh, I, I didn't realize you were a brony, Gleep. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who that is? I don't care who it is. I need <laughs> that skin for my honey badger. <laughs> my honey badger has is, a first name. Is anyone going to explain what it is, or are we just going to tell people that? And then yeah. Never, no, meanwhile, no, okay. meanwhile out in meanwhile out in radio world, game. people are like, "What are you guys talking yeah, about?" Yeah. For those playing the home game, Gleep oh, linked the picture of what is it? Fluttershy from. Wow, you know the names. <laughs> wow, I think I think we know who the real Brony is. Wow, all I had to do was look it up. Yeah, and look uh, yeah. It oh yeah, sure yeah, you yeah. did. Sure you did. Yeah, My Little. How do you even describe that? My Little Pony, yellow fairy princess pony with pink hair. Like with how do you? You can't over. even search for that. You just yeah, have to know it. There's a little <laughs> Fluttershy fanboy in all of us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It's anyway, a very, it's a very cute machine gun. <laughs> it's an assault rifle. <laughs> oh, you hurt me so bad. I know. That's why I, I just, said it. <laughs> oh my god. I died a little inside just now. Oh god. All right. Well, anyway, um, speaking of Star Citizen, um, well, actually, not speaking of Star Citizen, but uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, were you also going to uh, pick up uh, the forum report? Uh, we're going to uh, put a pause, put a pin in the forum report this week because I'm very excited to talk about uh, out of control. Urgh. Well, actually, I, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was actually the, the 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 part from John. Oh, John's part. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was planning on just rolling that into next week's show. 
Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Deep breath. Right. All right. Deep breath. Deep breath. Okay. Okay. It's just, I just, you know, I, I just like the trains when they run on time. Uh huh. Yeah. No. No. We we will um we will absolutely be revisiting um around the universe next week um talking about some stuff from the forums and stuff from the internet at large, um but this week there's a, I have a lot to discuss um in the out of controller segment and I think for tentatively for now because it's just not fair to to take up too much time because we all have our segments that we want to talk about. So for just now, um, I'm going to be doing Out of Controller one week and, and Around the Universe another week. And eventually, I think we'll Out of Controller will kind of settle into its own... You know, I won't be talking about it quite as much. But as some of you may or may not know, I just got a HOTAS set up, and I'm very excited to discuss it. Well, that's good. I was a little confused. I apologize for the confusion in Radio Land. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in uh, this segment, uh, the uh, out-of-controller segment, I want to start out by saying very clearly, um, I am not a purist or an extremist in almost any aspect of my life. Uh, personal preference and compromise to find balance is where I like to live. I'm not interested in the mouse uh, keyboard versus HOTAS fight. Like It's like Apple versus Android to me. I just don't care. Um this to me is finding a balance in what works for me, what is immersive for me. Um, I don't really care if I end up doing mouse and keyboard or if I end up doing HOTAS. I just like playing with this stuff. And also, my this is a first impression, and my opinion is going to evolve over time. So with that said... <laughs> having made that discovery, having made that, wow, yeah, exactly. That was well, a hefty you know, one too. I, I've done in so in the last couple of weeks, I've done a lot of research on Hotas, and I've seen a lot of you know Reddit's and a lot of Star Citizen threads where people are back and forth and battling it out, and it's just like I, I'm not I, I'm not trying to be because I've had people be like, oh, you fly a mouse and keyboard, oh, that's lame, and it's just like I, I don't care about your opinion. I like to fly mouse and keyboard. The reason why I wanted to get a HOTAS set up was twofold. One, the the SciTech Star Citizen collaboration has very much piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. The the idea that a a peripheral is being designed to fit into a game, I, I think is incredibly ambitious and very cool. You know, where it's gonna natively have all the buttons and all the, the triggers and all the things that Chris Roberts wants on his HOTAS in the game. So that really piqued my interest and kind of got me curious enough to want to try it and kind of see, you know, if it's something that that I even want to do. Mm -hmm. So through my research, um, I settled on the Thrustmaster T-Flight HOTAS X, and I did that because it came with a throttle. Um, There are a lot of HOTAS out there that are just a stick and they've got kind of like a little throttle button on the side. And I really wanted the feel of, of a full throttle. And for between 40 and $50, this is an exceptional HOTAS setup. Uh, has anybody had a chance to use this? I have. Okay. Ace, what I, uh, the, the, I'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the pros and cons, but just generally speaking, for $50, what do you think of this HOTAS setup? It's decent. I mean, it's, it's, it's consumer grade and it serves its purpose and... The stick was decent. The throttle was decent. It's not gonna, you know, it's not pants on fire, amazing, but it's also not bargain bin. <laughs> right. It's wow, not. Wow, it's wow. it's not your warthog. You know. It's, right. It's, it's not the warthog or the X fifty five. It's but it but it is uh, uh, useful. I mean, basically, the thing is, when you got the stick like a couple of days ago, one of my 
colleagues, uh, actually he joined the org on the last episode, had just gotten the same stick. And so I helped him get it set up and mapped. And that was how I was able to give you that mapping form and all that stuff. Right. And when I had tested out with him, nothing to write home about, but it was it was perfectly functional and it did the job and I was able to dogfight with it just fine. And it did feel a bit more immersive than my uh, sort of uh, kit-bashed uh, stick, keyboard, and mouse setup that I use. Um, but uh, but it wasn't something that, that really just, just uh, threw me for a loop. I, I've used HOTAS systems before. My dad uh, gave me his X52 at one point and I messed around with that. Um, and try to get used to it. We discussed that earlier, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's for the price point. It's a great entry level HOTAS system. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, that's that's really the the big point that I'm trying to make is that in in my opinion, for the price point, you can't beat it because you, you're getting you're getting a throttle, um, you know, on the on the uh, on the left, and you're getting a stick on the right. One of the things I noticed about this stick that I thought was really cool uh, is the fact that it's got that kind of side rotating that allows for you to roll. Oh, the uh, the twist. Yeah, twist. It's That's got... standard on most joysticks these days. Is it? Have okay. That, have that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, older, much older joysticks. We're talking like early two thousands, late mid nineties. Did not have that. Interesting. Just okay. up, uh, down, left, that, and right. Doesn't that yaw when you twist? Depends upon the setup and your controls. Yeah, depends um, on how you, and depends how you upon the game. That's when you just um, rotate the the stick, right, with your uh, like yeah. your wrist or whatever. Okay. Right. Yeah, left right, right, to right. right, and and in some games that's yaw, and in some games that's roll. Right. No. Oh, okay. I got um I got a little crazy in my research finding uh, a system called the uh, Volare Sim, which is basically a cockpit. Um, and it's actually reasonably priced. I don't want to get too into that. It's a, it's a little crazy. I'm I'm not going to be buying a a, a flight cockpit, but I think that, the price that point link is nuts. That yeah. sim pit. Yeah, the sim pits. It, it's uh, yeah, it's the uh, Volare sim. I recommend if anybody's interested in going to that extreme, checking it out because the price point on it starts at like five ninety five, and that's crazy for a flight pit. You know, that's actually not that bad. You know, the uh, just the arms for a triple monitor set up like that. Uh, if you look around, I mean, something that's going to hold like mine is literally going to cost you three, four hundred dollars. Just exactly, exactly. And you've got a full flight sim uh, cockpit, including a chair and and all of the um, the the metal arms and and you know whatnots to strap in your HOTAS and your keyboard uh, and do a triple uh, monitor mount. So very cool. Not something I'm going to be doing, but still very cool and worth checking out. So moving on um, to mapping and physical layout of the Thrustmaster and the flight, uh, the Thrustmaster uh, Hotas X. So I'm going to tell you right off the bat, love the throttle, love the throttle. Um, I got I, the same impression from the from uh, my colleague that the yeah. throttle quadrant was real smooth. And, and I and I can feel you know now I, I will say that it doesn't have um, it, it's not. Um, uh, it's it's a little too smooth. It doesn't feel like you're really ramping up like you would in like a like a warthog war, warthog. Um, yeah, uh, but you still feel you you. It's so much smoother and and so you have so much more control than using uh, W A D and S. Uh, you, you really it, there's a smoothness to ramping up and ramping down. Uh, and and I used to use um, match speed a lot when I was dogfighting. And since using this setup, I've found that I'm having more fun matching speed visually. 
Right. Um, right. Actually slowing down to match the opponent to stay behind them. Right. Um, and I just absolutely love it. Another thing that I love about this uh, particular setup is on the throttle, um, on the main piece of the throttle, it's got a, a roll uh, key. A little rocker? Yeah, a little yeah. rocker. And I actually bound the rocker to uh, roll left and right. Now, I did that for a very specific reason, and that is I hate the stick. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, now, again... Is it sloppy, or is it the button placement? N- no, no, or? no. I think it's stick in general. Um, it's not... Oh. The, the, the stick is, is great. It's responsive. It does all the things that I would expect a stick to do. And again, this is an evolving opinion. But for the first week of playtest, love the throttle, hate the stick. Um, I have found hmm. that um, it's very, very difficult to lock a target. Um, it, it's it, it's you, you have to center the ship to lock a target. And I really enjoy the mouse. I, I enjoy the gimbals. Um, I enjoy being able to hit a target before I have to line the ship up. Yeah, well, as I say, stick pilots, and this is myself included, tend to use, uh, uh, not gimbal lock, uh, yeah, gimbal lock and fire from the nose, um, like you said, because it, it, it works really well with fixed guns. There's also a uh, look-ahead mode where as you're pulling back on the stick, your character's eyes and the gimbals maneuver to uh, look in the direction of your, of your firing. So if you're, you know, banking into a turn and you're pulling up, your character's eyes look up a little bit and the gimbals rise a little bit to match what the target is. Interesting. Okay. Now, I, with that said, with saying that I hate the stick, I haven't given up on the stick. But what I've done with my layout, and you guys can see this in the picture, and those of you in the home listening audience will see this picture in a link. What I've done is I've set my, thr- my thruster up in bet- uh, on the far left, and then I've got my orb weaver in the center, and then I've got my mouse to the right. And then I've got the stick up on uh, the top where the monitor sits. So this allows me to um, use my mouse, uh, use the thruster, or use the throttle, rather. Um, And then when I dock, immediately move my hands over to my orb weaver. So I've got very good range of motion, and I've got uh, very good fluidity between flying and being on foot. And I still have easy access to the throttle so that I can keep playing with it. So where I'm at right now, um, and then also uh, in regards to mapping, the joy to key link that you'd uh, sent over to me, Ace, I couldn't quite get that working, and I didn't put a lot of time into it, but as I was working with that, I kind of realized how easy it was to just map uh, in Star Citizen. Now, I understand that one of the issues with mapping direct to Star Citizen is every time they do an update, you've got to remap. Is that correct? Right. It's why you save a profile. Right, right. While you're doing all this. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out to you is that there is software produced by Thrustmaster that is uh, specifically for their joysticks and systems. Now, but I had read somewhere, and this is why I didn't look any deeper, I had read somewhere that this didn't apply to the X. Yeah, I'm looking at the listing for the software. It, it supports the Warthog, the Cougar, MFD Cougar, and the T16000M, but apparently, yeah, not the X. Right. Which is unfortunate, because I have the Target software, and I use it for the T16000, and it's fantastic. Interesting. Okay. Well, so, you know, at this point now, um, I have got the throttle completely mapped, um, and allow, uh, with the rocker, I'm able to roll. So I'm able to basically do all of the functionality that I need to do uh, and that I want to do between flying hybrid. 
And I understand that that is a thing, um, that there are people that fly um, throttle and mouse. There aren't a lot of them, but there are people that do that. Uh, so for right now, I'm really enjoying that. And I've got the throttle completely mapped. Um, and basically, uh, I'm just really getting into that, man. I, I, I'm in love with the throttle. Um, the, I think the stick, it's going to take me a lot more testing to really see if I if I stick with this kind of hybrid setup or if I actually do go um, full HOTAS. It does. So, it does take some getting used to flying with a joystick. I have yeah, a absolutely. I'm not going to lie. And... and well, and that How was, long would you say, Ace, does it take? I've heard this on, on uh, uh, in other places that they say that for new new users, you really need to give yourself um, like months, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, four to six months yeah. to get to get to the point where you don't think about it. And that's um, that's the reason why I, I've set it up to where I have access to it. I haven't given up on it. It's just my first impression, and my first impression is. Like I said, love the throttle, hate the stick. But I do want to continue to work with the throttle, or with the stick rather, continue to map it, continue to play with it, and yeah, and see where I am in a month or two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I've reached the point where uh, flying in any, in most games, like, I don't have to look at the stick to know where I want to put the aircraft or the spaceship, as it were. I just push the stick in, in the input direction that I want it to go. And release or, or let off pressure when I'm you know close to where I want to be. It's a, it's not something that just they go okay. I want to go up, pull back just a little bit, a little bit. Okay, now hold it there. Now level back out. It's not a, it's not a it's like it's, it is it is as cheesy as it sounds like riding a bike. Yeah, you know, no, if totally. You overthink if you overthink it, you're gonna fall over because you're thinking about every single process. Right. But once you internalize it, it becomes second nature. Okay. Now, I will also say that if I do land at um, being a hybrid flyer, um, that there, there there aren't really a lot of just controllers or just throttles out there. Um, there's no. one There's one company that makes just just a throttle, but it's a bit um, of an older design. Are you thinking about the CH yes. uh, throttles? Yeah. Yes. So for those that don't know, uh, he's referring to the CH product line of throttles, and I think you're probably referring to in particular... Uh, the Cessna throttle quadrants that have uh, was it uh, fuel or not throttle mixture and come the last one is but there are three little stocks. It's uh, that yeah go it, up and down. Well, no, it's the um, no 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 it's the uh, CH Pro throttle which has four four buttons. It's a USB throttle. Uh, it looks oh, just okay. like your, like any other throttle. It doesn't have okay. the uh, rocker, but I think that that's I think that this particular Hotas is yeah. yeah is the only one that has the rocker. Um, but it's got a uh, it's got an eight way hat. It's got a four way hat, hat, or I think it's got what three four way hats and an eight way hat. Um, it's it's a- CH products tend to be pretty intense. That's I mean, what they I, that's they what make I heard, yeah. they make a reproduction Cessna equipment for flights training. You know, so aren't they like the if, other one? I mean, you have like the Warthog guys, and the other CH ones are kind of the other. Yeah, the three the companies company, are right? are Cytec, uh, uh Thrustmaster, and CH. And CH is about as professional as it gets. They're not uh, super flashy like Thrustmaster or um, uh, Cytec, but they're really sturdy equipment and they're professional grade because they're, des- they're designed to be used with uh, the Cessna flight training program. Nice. Okay. Interesting. So, I, I have yeah. a question for you real quick before you yes. go on. Have you tried flying at all just with with the stick just as – I mean, I mean, for you – it, probably for me as well. I'm not planning on going on a lot of dog fights. Why? 
because I'm terrible. But <laughs> I know that. But I but having a stick, uh, you know, from you know when I, you know, whenever I've had a stick flying things, I found it's very nice to fly when you're just flying around. When you're oh, yeah. doing stuff, when I don't need to have my precision targeting, just in terms of like general flight characteristics, it's very nice to have. If I have to, if I actually had to, you know, focus on something and try to shoot it, I'd probably prefer the mouse just because it's so much more accurate and it's just, you know. Well, you can always do what I do, which is hands on throttle and mouse, which is also a neat setup that that is pretty specific to Star Citizen and maybe a handful of other games. Well, that's that's what I'm doing right now is is hands on throttle and mouse. Well, okay. well, but I'm in, I'm into hand hand on stick and mouse. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. Yes. Yeah, so, well, because you know, as I mentioned before, I'm a lefty, so my left hand holds the, the stick, and on my right hand is my uh, uh, mouse, and that's how I fly. So my, okay. my throttle quadrant sits on the mouse, but then I can also use the head look system to look around the cockpit while I'm flying. Interesting. Hmm. I um I have on my mouse because I have a um I have a Naga. Um, I have uh, the uh, look about mapped to the uh, side buttons, right, okay. uh, and and then on the actual stick, um, I uh, bound that to the hat. Okay, that's how most most people do. Is they use, yeah. For me, since I use the 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 mouse to like physically look around the cockpit, um, the uh, the up down left right of the hat is actually used for throttle. For me, like for like maneuvering thrusters, makes sense. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, like I said, uh, right now I'm flying hybrid. Right now I'm really digging it. But uh, Mark, to your point, uh, yes, uh, we were flying, and we were going to talk about um, the uh, in the community report. I was was flying my Connie last night, and out of combat, I, I did have, I did feel. Um, a, a certain coolness in using the throttle. Um, and I think that it is really a matter of just getting used to it, but I really do enjoy the precision of the mouse. So I don't know. Wait until, uh, you know, next cu- next next time we talk about out of control or see where I land. All right. Ace, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's good. Are you, gonna, are you, are you gonna introduce my segment? <laughs> That's awkward. To be fair, we were due for uh, we were due for an awkward pause. <laughs> wow! Well done. Wow. That was a, bass. that was almost a brown note. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I didn't think uh, I heard well, that. I, I don't podcast. know. I'll have to check. <laughs> My pants was vibrating. <laughs> um, uh, in any case, so for in the loop. Um, I wanted to talk about something that I experienced in Star Citizen not too long ago that really stood out to me as something that we just sort of take for granted, and that is audio. Yeah. Uh, both uh, music and and effects. Uh, I had a bug last week where uh, I lost all audio. So wow. So nothing. It was like like a, a uh, like a silent film. <laughs> No, uh, no text boxes popped up, but there's like a silent film. Oh, that's too bad. There's I know, no right? piano playing in the background. <laughs> no, yeah, no, uh, no, sort of poorly sped up piano playing in the background. No, that's too bad. Um, but it made me think about about how dependent upon that sort of thing, that sort of stuff we are in, in a lot of the games we play. Uh, mm-hmm. In particular, 
in stuff like Arma, positional audio, oh, being able to yeah, do a round yeah. snap across a, a field and, know, and being able to zero in on where that fire is coming from. And certainly the, the sort of uh, unforgettable sound effects, like hearing a sniper rifle boom in the distance or explosions. Uh, earlier today, Lazy was in a, uh, a rocket-propelled artillery tank and hearing yeah. the rounds impact like like distant thunder. It was ridiculous. Was a the sound, yeah. They've really increased the sound quality of that. That was absolutely incredible. But then uh, I think it was, of course, voice acting and audio. Um, you see in the bug notes that you find, uh, they mentioned that they've removed, it, it, there's a bug that has uh, basically silenced your AI companions in drone, uh, drone sim uh, Vandal Swarm. So the two AI pilots don't uh, yell at you, which is something that I, I realized when I saw the bug, I was like, oh, yeah, I do kind of miss that. Yeah, you like to have them uh, communicating to you. Right, but yeah, the little radio chatter. Um and then maybe think about like like voice actors or characters like uh, Cortana will always stand out to me as a character that I will I will always immediately be able to pick out. Um, and then uh, the last thing that came to mind was uh, music, and that was just something I want to ask you guys about is about uh, you know particular audio or sounds or music soundtracks that came to mind. And I have listed here at the bottom a couple of personal picks from uh, different from different games: Halo, Mass Effect. Uh, Starcraft and then World of Warcraft are those, respectively, each of those those four. And at some point, if you want to listen to them, we'll have those notes in the those lists in the show notes. But those are the songs that uh, came to mind as immediately memorable. And if I heard them, just you know, or someone humming them, I would be able to pick them out right away. Yeah, the Halo one always uh, makes the hairs on my uh, on my arm stand up. Yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, for me, hearing um, the the music from A New Hope brings back memories of oh, Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah. Like, it's really weird how how that happened um, because I played Star Wars Galaxies so much that it kind of flipped. So now, when I hear that music, and they do some of those musical cu- musical cues in Star Wars Rebels, um, and because uh, Galaxies did a wonderful job of incorporating the music um, into the game, same type of thing. So, but for me now, when I hear that stuff in the movies or in the TV shows, you think of as the game. I think of the game. Yeah, mm, totally interesting. Yeah, I had that same. I've had that same experience. Um, the uh, the there was a Halo movie that happened at one point. Um, Saw it. I, and uh, and there is a there is a climactic scene involving a warthog, and it, it's like, oh, I want to go play Halo One now. That's, that's all I want to do. Go play some Halo One. Yep. Every time I think of that song, all I can think of is the very end of Halo One. You're trying to get out of the ship in the warthog. Yeah, oh, escaping, escaping the pillar bottom. Yeah, yep. right there with you. <laughs> what about you, Gleep? Um, you know what? It, it's interesting that you mentioned because, like, um, I normally turn the music off. What? Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Why? Um, because I find it distracting, especially like in um, in Arma, because I, because the other the other sounds are so important, you know. Be, oh being yeah, able I get to, that. To try to uh, establish, you know, where them bullets is coming from. In, um, uh, in in Gleep's defense, I will say that usually, like especially with Star Citizen, I will turn the music way down. Yeah. Now I very regularly turn game music very far down because lots of times it is too loud and I'll actually get in the way of hearing other things. But yeah. I never, I, mean, I can't think of the last time I actually turned it off. Yeah. Just because yeah. I, to me, having that, mu- lots of times that music really adds 
you a lot of depth to whatever the gameplay happens to be. In fact, lots of times, sometimes I'll turn it down too far, and you kind of forget about it. Then maybe that next gaming session, you come back and you say, "Hey, where's the where's the opening credit music to this?" Oh, that's right, I turned it down last time. Yeah, turn, done that before. Yep. And then you turn it back up, and then you go and play it again. You're like, "Oh man, this is good." Yeah. You know, you ever, or, wow, you this really watched, brings me in. You can find videos of people who have removed the music from movies or TV shows or games. And it sucks a lot of the tension and drama out of a scene. When the, when the, you know, all you hear like, like a guy is running from point A to point B, instead of like, ba 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 ba, ba 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 ba, you hear plop, 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 <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that would just be hilarious. Well, I'll watch well, a Rocky I movie where they do for, that. For, for <laughs> scripted uh, stuff, uh, that the, it's more important, but, you know, if it's just, you know, multiplayer, um, background ambiance mm-hmm. then right. uh, less important but yeah because I can't imagine playing Halo without without the because uh, you knew I mean the music was an important cue too you knew oh, yeah. when it started to swell that um, it, it was uh, you know time to put a hurting on something well I think of uh, I think of the uh, the library from the first game music swells and like oh oh go here we go here come the flood yeah but yeah, then they all yeah. get little creepy crawlies calling over the place yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Popcorn. find um, I find mm. the music on uh, the uh, Shubin Outpost uh, to be especially good. Uh, yeah, especially they do a good when, job on that. Yeah, when you're not in combat and it's just quiet and and tense, they do a really a really subtle job of of adding to that tension. Well, Shubin, uh, Shubin Outpost? Are you thinking of Kovalex? Kovalex, you, right? No, okay, no, yeah. right. Um, yeah, well, the other the one that stuff. comes to mind. Speaking yeah, yeah. of audio, oh, the scary place. Yeah, okay. Uh, is uh, uh, Star Citizen's uh, directional audio. If you're if you're in EVA and there are there are ship battles going on around you, um, I think it was Dietrich and I we were we were stranded at uh, at uh, Korea Station, and uh, I think it was it's some, somebody's on their at their podcast right now. I'm sure of it. But the point was, we asked for backup, and a firefight ensued, basically within close proximity to the station. And so we could hear all the muted sound effects of ships flying by and, and guns firing and occasionally see the ships themselves swooping around. And it was like almost more than participating, watching the, the, the dogfights was just like breathtaking. Now, and question. hearing them. Go yeah. ahead. No, what do you guys, what's your opinion on being able to hear sounds in space, in the space game? Got to. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Star Wars has established the rule of cool in that in that sense that... that you gotta have that, um, but yeah. uh, at the same extent, uh, you know, CIG has established a, uh, I would say, uh, a, a decent explanation that your ships generate, your ships and your your armor generate positional audio, because it's part of human nature to know where things are coming from, from from sound effects. So, and there are some sound effects in space, but it's but it's only if you're attached to whatever is generating the vibrations that, sure. that cause that. Yeah. It would be weird to play 2001 the space game. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it would be. But I mean think about like it Might you know, be cool. Interstellar or um uh, uh gravity, you know, there are scenes where the, the vehicles are shaking and shimmering and and uh you hear that audio, you feel that vibration and that's what gives you that same experience. Um I think gravity does a great job of sort of you know doing the whole muted thunk noises that you hear in space. Yeah, yeah, it does everything well. That movie, that's true. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, it's 
you have to let your immersion go a little bit, and and you have you have to have uh, the pew pew and the swoosh swoosh in uh, balance. Space. Balance, <laughs> hey Jimmy, balance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's all about balance. Well, I, I would argue that the yeah exactly the the you know suspension of disbelief actually is suspended better when you have those sounds. You know when you get there that, is th- when you get a little bit of something because it keeps otherwise you're cutting out one of your senses. Where else do you have? Right. Then, then what do you start doing? You start picking apart everything else. Right. You know, if you've got that there little bit of something some, going on. There is some some case for having scenarios where audio cuts out. Um, I think I, the thing that, that comes to mind, and it's usually before a big audio splash of some kind, uh, so the thing that comes to mind is the sonic grenades from uh, Star Wars Episode Two, when they deploy the sonic, the sonic grenades in the asteroid field. Yeah, sure. yeah And everything nice goes dead silent for a moment, and then that big, loud bang. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, you know, and I like the uh, when you when everything sort sort of goes quiet when uh, you're standing too close to something that went boom in Arma. You know, and, and you get the ringing in your ears. Yeah, the, yeah, the tinny exactly. ringing. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's important, Ace. Well, I think having those having those little bits of sound actually, uh, if it does go silent, it draws you in closer. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, it uh, it gives you that moment of uh, you know suspense or whatever have you. Yeah, but uh, so so Ace, tell us, um, does Fluttershy have a theme song? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> oh, I see him backing out there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, Mark, how you doing? It's it's me. I'm Mark. <laughs> it is. I have no pictures of Shutterfly in my house. Well, that's unfortunate. Not many. <laughs> not that you can prove. They're not hanging up. That's for sure in my bedroom <laughs> as I'm staring and looking at it. <laughs> Tuck me in let me, as I go to sleep at night. Certainly not well, that. Before we head outside the wire, Mark, I did want to uh, make a, a quick uh, mention that uh, Arma is now on Steam sale, or there was on Steam sale over the weekend, so I'm not sure if it's still on, but uh, hopefully folks that... Uh, um, that uh, had it on their uh, wish list, uh, got the notification and picked it up. And if not, uh, you know, definitely uh, stick it on there. You don't have to buy it, but, you know, stick it on your wish list uh, so you get a notification next time it goes on sale again. And also, we talked about before the um, the Apex expansion, which will be coming up in June, uh, according to uh, the website, uh, is now available on Steam uh, for pre-order. And uh, as of um, uh, the other day, it was a 20% off uh, the uh, the regular price. So um, if you want to pick that up cheap now and not have to mess with uh, setting up a um, uh, Bohemia Interactive account if you don't already have one, uh, you can just go straight through Steam. I will admit to having done it immediately upon hearing about it. That's so it literally took me 30 seconds to set an account up with Bohemia in order to get this. But I can, I can respect you having some random wish not to do that. But that's fine because you know what? Now <laughs> we have multiple options. Yep. And what are we all about? Whatever makes us feel good. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. Options. Be it Apple, Android, Bohemia, and or Steam. There you go. You know, That's we don't judge. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Right, right there. there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> Technopolis. So, um, um, so um, I, how do we transition into the, this? You just announce it and we make the sound effects. Yeah. Uh, it's oh. not that hard. What, what, is this your first day? <laughs> Mark, Mark, what's going get... on outside the wire? Pew, 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 bang. It's an explosion. Oh, it's a machine gun. And we're good. Kerplow. 
Plow. Welcome to the Outside the Wire. This is going to be a special edition. Uh, we agreed to kind of talk about uh, hardware all at once on this one. So uh, That didn't sh- work out so well, did it? Yeah, a little bit. You know what? We broke it up. It's fine. Gave people a little bit of something else to talk about. Now we'll come right back into it. Um, I got a lot of questions about the Oculus uh, that I've been working on. Uh, testing out for the past uh, several weeks and uh through some you know some stops and starts but we've uh managed to get done i think i got a pretty good pretty uh a pretty good idea of of kind of where it's at or at least the dk2 was now don't get me wrong there's the the um production version i understand there were some some changes made so this may not apply so keep that in mind i am talking about the oculus dk2 because that's what i was uh you know uh um privy to so uh, i will tell you right now i do have a rating system i'll be using for this uh, i had several games <laughs> uh, my rating system is ttv stands for time to vomit that's a so, new one. Oh, okay <laughs> to give you an idea of how my experience went i want you to know that i uh, sucked it up uh took uh took a couple days and kind of worked out you know uh over the course of a couple afternoons uh really to kind of hammer down on these you know after i got everything set up it took me a long time to get things kind of kind of back in place and set up to do stuff but you know that's that's expected with any new hardware so i don't really hold that against them so i'll, I'll kind of go over i'm going to go over a couple of the games here uh, that were made specifically for um to work with vr and specifically with the oculus so these were ones designed to do what arma was not when i tested that out in the other games i had tested you know these are specifically made to 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 really let the vr shine as opposed to uh you know trying to kind of jury rig it together by using uh, third-party programs and whatnot so uh the first one i want to talk about is project cars that is a uh, racing game uh once again was on steam uh, and this one was once again developed with Oculus support. It was very easy to set up. You know, this is one I went in there, literally just asked me if I had an Oculus. Yup. You know, set up for the settings. Went and did stuff. The menus all showed up on the Oculus. It was fine. Um, probably in total setup, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, it was still a bit out of focus. Now I don't know because I'm told the production models have a uh, kind of an auto um, adjusting for your IPD, which is your interpupillary distance, which is basically just how far apart your eyes are, more or less. Oh. Um, the um, the DK2 does it with software, so it tries to compensate. The actual production version, I'm told, has actually sliders that you can actually move them apart. You know, move the uh, the viewers apart uh, to make it, you know, until you find the right spot. So either A, I have weird eyeballs that just don't mm. quite, you know, fit the norm. Or B, I just am not good at setting this up. Or C, I guess it's also possible that the software just wasn't compensating correctly. I mean, I do have a stigmatism in one eye as well. But, you know, who knows if those are affected or not. Regardless... I had a real problem with it getting just I just could not get this game to be in focus uh kind of no matter where I was looking at it you know in terms of if you're staring out in the you know I mean in quotes distance on on the in the track versus looking at say your your odometer or something like that as you're speeding down the road uh and that's really really tough to deal with I mean you know I'm sure Jimmy can can um can commiserate with me when you have something you oh, yeah. can't quite get it in focus and you're driving around looking around it just man it messes with you quick yeah it mm. really does so uh that was a problem uh the one thing i did learn is that smooth is good and any <laughs> and any jittering is not so you know when i was on the road if i stayed on the track and i was just flying you know on just the uh the blacktop or concrete whatever it was 
things were okay. As long as I looked ahead, you know, straight ahead, you know, I'm looking 10 seconds ahead, trying to find my curve, stuff like that, not a big deal. But if I got off the road at all, uh, you know, maybe didn't make a turn correctly or something on those lines, and I start getting a bit of jitter, it really messed with me quick. And I mean within mm. seconds. Um, so I, no yeah, rally racing for you then? Yeah, no rally racing at all for me with these. And it's really weird because I want... With these games, after I played it with the Oculus, I also went back and then tried it just on the normal, on my normal screens to kind of see, you know, I wanted a good baseline for it, to kind of see how it affected me afterward, and like zero issue, you know, it's just I don't know what it is about the, uh, you know, about with your eyeballs being right there, how I guess there's no point of reference and it kind of just you know does whatever the deal is, it was a problem, and the same thing with looking off to the sides, you know, if I looked off to the side because you have to. You have to really take big sweeping movements with your head to see things, and I think that just turning around, you know, back and forth a lot, trying to see things on the sides, really just gives you that extra sense of, you know, immersion for sure. But it also causes a lot of, uh, a lot of issues with the, uh, w- with the motion sickness. So with the the TTV, with so yes, exactly. So my TTV. Uh, now I'm gonna. Oh, I should say this as well. Uh, I did have a couple of suggestions from multiple people once again about ways to counteract this or you know, kind of combat the motion sickness. And uh, first off, I want to let you know that I did uh, power through it uh, for the listeners uh, to give a proper review where I wasn't using something to, to to deaden my motion sickness, so I could actually get a good. You know, because no one wants to game. You don't want to have to take things to game. Right, you yeah, don't have to take right. a drug or right. take you know take some kind of supplement in order to actually game. I mean, that's despite that's my fun. suggestion earlier. Right, so my TTV. Now this is with ginger root. Okay, uh, tabascoid. Mm. Uh, it's actually an old sailor's trick. So and it turns out I happen to love ginger, so it's not really a problem at all. I mean, I could eat that stuff all day. So, um, forty-five minutes with ginger. Pretty good oh. run. <laughs> Interesting. Not bad. I like yeah, that we me. have a modifier. Yeah, with b- ginger. Before, exactly. With ginger. Before I was to the point where I literally was too nauseous to keep playing. Right? Uh, and 15 minutes without. Now, I did the same map. It was an 8.5 mile uh, track, had some turns and whatnot, you know, and, and some straightaways and some other things. So I thought it was a good representative, kind of, you know, how that was. But uh, yeah, definite big difference. Uh, so if you're on the fence, maybe you're just a little bit sick or you're not motion sick usually, but you have a little bit of an issue, perhaps have some ginger roots sitting next to you for you to gnaw on. Just a thought. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of go a little bit quicker here through these. Uh, Lunar Flight was another one that was gifted to me. Um, by another person that was interested in you know seeing you know how I how how these worked for him, uh, also very easy to set up. Uh, there was no really issue with being unfocused this time. So that's that, interesting. Yeah, that led me to believe it was something to do with the games and the way they were handling it uh, versus just the drivers or my eyeballs. Uh, so that was a good feeling. Um, and uh, secondly, I just want to say, holy crap! I was flying a lander from the '60s. That's exactly. It looked like looked nice. like literally one of the moon landers from the '60s. So that was kind of cool, you know. It kind of felt like Neil Armstrong, you know, tooting around on the moon. That was kind of neat. Um, but one thing this does have is this has free look, you know, so you can look around all the time. Super bad. Holy crap! Uh, trying to glance around and see all your panels, which are kind of on the side of your, you know, this thing's got this thing's got um, uh, uh, panels or uh, not panels uh within control panels yeah wrapped around the entire the entirety of your cockpit which is you know 180 degrees around you so you're constantly looking around trying to maneuver uh you know different things or turn you know turn this thing on turn that thing off or whatever and uh that was that was not good that did not that did not make mark's tummy happy 
So, yeah. and once again, it comes from those exaggerated head, move, head movements, I think, trying to have to look way around you to see stuff. Um, you can't use your peripheral vision like you normally would uh, yeah. in those. And I think that's one of the big keys. So, um, this one, this one, I only got 20 minutes with Ginger. All right, so this one was a rough one, and then only three minutes without. I mean, literally, I took Oof. off, wow, going for a few minutes because I couldn't keep my head still enough to keep looking forward the entire time. So, like as I was doing it, maybe the dead zone was too too low or whatever. But I literally, I mean, you kind of like take off a little bit, it starts rocking a bit, and you start doing some stuff, and you know, try to land, and I'm just like, oh no. So that was very bad. Um, uh, it wasn't as bad. <laughs> it said it took me 25 minutes with without ginger. If I all I did was take off and land it didn't play with all my thingies on either on either side of my screen so if i just if you just if i i uh, made a concerted effort to look just straight ahead the entire time and just use my you know just go forward and back and up and down and not look at anything i could do 25 minutes other than that not so good so uh what do we conclude now this is also with my arma testing that i'd done some and i did go back and try that again with some uh, suggestions from some other people and um, I tried a few other games, but they didn't really work out well enough that I would consider them, you know, something I'd want to review about because they just, uh, they didn't, I mean, literally the, the third-party stuff I had to use to make them work just wasn't working correctly. So, uh, overall, Oculus, I, I, I love you. <laughs> and I hate you so much because I just can't get it to work right for me. Like, I want this to work so bad and I just cannot do it. It's like a uh, bad X. It is. Now, it's do terrible. You- do you think, in your experience, do you think that the consumer version with the actual mechanical slide adjustment will help at all? You know, I just don't know. Honestly, I I hope it does, and I hope maybe the drivers will improve and the, you know, using it with, you know, games that that are made to use it may be better. And I understand there were some extreme, you know, improvements I've been told from the consumer version or from the you know, production version from the DK2. So, you know, this has to be taken with a grain of salt in that I'm using an old model. Um, well, I wouldn't be uh, surprised if your astigmatism doesn't play into it, too, because I have one, too. And I know that definitely if I, you know, if I have to use like drugstore reading glasses for any period of time, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, you know, I feel it. So, well, maybe if it. If it's not correcting for the difference in your needed corrections, uh, then I would say that that can't be good. Yeah, I'm really I mean, curious to try this thing now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really interesting, and I would highly recommend it. And uh, you know, by all means, Ace, we can uh, ship it off to you, and you can give it a try. Um, so sure, it's it's one of those things where yeah, it's it, it's very much worth an effort. Um, but I mean, I have Elite Dangerous, and I've heard with Elite that it's amazing yeah. to play with well by all means well, we'll get that off to you and you can give it a try then you can kind of and then we can you know kind of talk about that and see what you thought what your thoughts are but uh you know other than that um i did once again anything with first person movement in it where you're walking running or anything where you're supposed to be where your head bob's supposed to not be happening and it is or it's not you know it's just that's very 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 hard to uh for my inner ear to uh um to make sense of so it, uh, things when you're sitting down, not a big issue. One of the other big things I want to say real quick is that it, I didn't have as much problem um, when my frames were well above 60 uh, FPS. Yeah. Now, I've, yeah. I've I feel heard, like the, the, I feel like the uh, the consistent thing with you is like smoothness and constant 
in your gameplay. Exactly. And Jittery that's a behavior thing. or FPS issues and your stomach just can't take it. Exactly. And that's one thing I've heard a lot about that stuff. A lot of people have said that about this is that, you know, VR, you have to play in extremely high frame rates, which is why it's taken so long to get developed and why the, 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 the uh, hardware requirements are so high. You have to have extremely high frame rates. I mean, usually a 60 FPS is really, honestly, is overkill. I know my elite gamers are, you know, you know, screaming out loud at this point, but your fr- your you know your your eyeball only registers about thirty frames a second. The sixty frames are used basically to make up the difference between that uh, you know between those you know those kind of between moments where you're hitting you know where your where your eyeball's refreshing if you want to versus where it's actually refreshing in the game. But it's a lot different when you're talking about um, you know when you're talking about uh, uh, something like this. I mean, you need any any discontinuity between what you should be seeing and what you are seeing with these is massively multiplied. So I can understand. I mean, I was getting when I was getting eighty frames a second, I was a lot better than when I was getting sixty, even, which is hmm. ridiculous. But um, other than that, uh, games that aren't made for it really aren't made for it, and it's tough to get them to work for it in a way that makes it makes it reasonable. So just be aware of that. And um, yeah, I guess my final thoughts is that. Uh, you know, at this at this point, having tried the DK two, I'm probably gonna have to pass for this stuff right about now. You know, I was really looking forward to it and possibly gonna purchase some, but uh, right now I just can't justify it. So, any of you others that have a motion sickness, beware that that may be an issue, and you definitely want to take a look at that. But uh, you know, finally, if, if anyone has a production version of any of the VR sets, they want me to try them out. I, yeah, I'd be happy to. I'd love to find one that works, but uh, at this moment, I'm gonna have to pass on them. So that's all yeah, I got, I'll guys. I'll yeah. be curious. I'll be curious to see. That if, makes me if, sad. If you pass it off to me and I, I can give it a try, because I generally don't have much issues with uh, stomach stomach problems. I'd be curious to see if I can handle it more, or if, if I am run into the same issues that you do. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear that too. I did uh, I did threaten my girlfriend to put it on her and have her play games just to see because she has no <laughs> she has no problems with motion sickness at all. And uh, so, uh, but uh, you know what? She never uh, I never strapped her down long enough to get it on her. So. <laughs> Oh my! Maybe next uh, time. Well, you know, and speaking of the Sunday meetup, guys. <laughs> wow, That's that a was a good well, transition. You are just on fire you for are, like yeah, the different transitions are just not. Yeah. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, you know, at one point last night we had twenty people on the Teamspeak server. Huge turnout last night. Huge turnout. Yeah, it was very. Very, very good turnout, um, and uh, we were uh, most folks were playing uh, Star Citizen or Arma. Um, I did not get a chance to pop down to the Arma channel. Uh, Mark, were we were we having fun? Um, you know, I'm trying. Did I even play last night? I think I was gone. Did I? I'm sure they were. I, I can't. I can't account <laughs> that for you. You know. Oh no. Yeah, I did show up at some point. Yeah, I was. Uh, I've been. I've been terribly busy this entire weekend. It was just nuts. But uh, no, I think I did stop by for a while. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. It's Arma. People were always having fun. There you go. Yeah. Well, um, we were. Um, most people were playing 2.1 because at that point, uh, two point. Uh, not a lot of people had access to uh, the PTU. And uh, as of uh, our recording tonight, it is still not on the live servers. So. Um, we spent a fair amount of time uh, in 2.1. Um, and then also there was a, a small group of folks playing uh, Life is Futile. Um, it seems, seems to uh, kind of wax and wane, uh, the Life is Futile um, uh, group there. Kind of uh, some, some days they're there, some days they're not. So they were there last night. Um, in 2.1, we were able to get um, at least 
four, I think maybe even five, uh, those guys with ships into an instance and fly around uh, in multi-cruise ships doing multi-cruise ship stuff. Um, it was buggy a little bit at times, but we still had fun just playing together. Um, a big shout out to Dietrich, uh, who was our pilot for a lot of it in his uh, Constellation and in his Freelancer. Um, and then uh, Fugak, uh, Handsome Devil, and I moved over uh, to a different channel to try out the new lobby system and uh, in the uh, PTU in 2.2. Uh, all three of us had... Uh, had uh, uh, received invites for uh, for the the playtest universe, and it took us um, several tries to get the the lobby system to work. It was kind of had to figure out where we needed to be when we joined, and um, you know where where who invited other people and, and all of that. And but once it did work, it was it was really really cool, and I think it's going to make a huge difference for our group. We had um, we had so much fun in my Connie. I mean, it was I, I was in and out. I I had logged in early, um, and had an opportunity to fly my saber um, and uh, do a little bit of combat. Combat, and if he hadn't jumped away, I would have taken out a gladius. And then I had to go um, and pick up my chihuahua from the vet. Came back, and I jumped in with you guys, and we all got into my Connie. Yeah, yeah. That's um, by the the time you got back and, and joined us. Um, uh, we uh, we were able to uh, the four of us go out and uh, we uh, I think we battled a retaliator didn't we yeah. I was in the the lower turret and uh, there which is uh, still bugged I guess um, because uh, not only was I not able to see much but also my um, my lasers would only work um, in when firing back to the rear to yeah. the aft of the sh- of the ship. It was so, uh, it, well. It was it was definitely buggy. Um, it, you know, uh, it was actually my first time um, where we were all uh, where I was able to have a fully crewed constellation. I hadn't taken my constellation out um, since PTU dropped. I took it out once, and it was really buggy. And I, and I knew that I needed to have a crew, and so I didn't take it out again. So last night was a really great experience for me as a somebody that wants to fly a, a larger ship, a medium sized mm-hmm. ship. And um, some of the things that I, I realized, I was under the impression that I was going to have to fly in a straight line and call targets, which was kind of the way that Galaxies did multi-cruise ships, and it was a terrible way to do multi-cruise ships. But I found, uh, I think Devil was in the upper turret, right? I believe that's correct. Yeah, and uh, Fugak was, uh, was manning the uh, shields. And uh, it was funny because he was kind of playing with all the buttons. And at one point, I'm like, where's all my power? Why am I not going forward anymore? <laughs> and Fugat's like, oh, yeah, right about that. Um, but I, I had kind of learned we, we'd taken on a couple of uh, a couple of smaller ships. And I kind of realized, and I think it was Devil that had said, no, stay on target. Um, do the best you can to stay on target and we'll follow your lead. And that worked out really well. And it worked out really well with the uh, when we went up against that retaliator. And it was really cool because we were... Um, you know, we were we were doing that kind of naval combat where we were passing each other. But then I would um, I'm a huge fan of decouple and I would decouple and spin around. And while he was trying to do that slow arc, we were able to really just hammer that dude with with a lot of firepower. And uh, we got to the point where we killed him. And so Connie versus uh, Tally, uh, you know, we won. Well, it, it sounded uh, really good. I couldn't. see. Yeah, I know. You up, couldn't see a whole lot. 
Yeah, but uh, it's it sounded he went splody splode real good. Yeah, he blew up really nicely, uh, and it was funny too because uh, he got we got to got to a point where he was trying to outrun us. Uh, he uh, jumped into uh, quantum. He upped his upped his not quantum drive. He upped his gear up and uh, was was driving flying away much faster. And I was trying to catch him. And uh, finally, was able to catch up to him and just just laid into him and, and watched him go splody splode. It was delightful. I Ooh, hate both explode. of you. <laughs> I hate both of you. Right? I know. It was I like know. I really want to go in Star Citizen. I want to fly my yeah. saber. Darn it! It was so much fun. Um, it, it was, and it was great to play with everybody. Um, it was great to see that lobby system, uh, you know, kind of work and, and have. Uh, actually have finally an opportunity for us to logically and not struggle to get into a game together yes and um I, you know and it's it's kind of you know it, i was trying to think you know what's so cool about the lobby system because and that it's kind of hard because there's nothing really fancy about it, it but it just it works yeah which which well, that's uh, good. you know that's perfect. it's just awesome yeah <laughs> um or it did last night you know i mean I, i'm sure that we're you know it's the it's the first version of this um but um i think it's it's much better than what we were doing before you know trying to sync drop um or you know trying to um you know uh, spam the uh the instances to once we found somebody uh, that we knew in another instance trying to spam the instance to get in because now there's a cap of 24 instead of 12 right um, it's going to be, uh, I think, a lot easier. And uh, last night we also, uh, as we talked about last week, um, we had situations where uh, folks were um, um, trying to get in and we had reached the cap and we asked if there was anybody that would be willing to uh, to duck out and join another instance because we have friends trying to join. And uh, people did. So, I mean, that was, uh, that was cool still. I'm going to go with Sluck in the Corner for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I will. I will say that um, if if they're able to, and I'm sure they will, uh, kind of dial it in and and sort out the bugs for when it goes live. Um, I think that it's going to be a huge boon for our Sunday night meetups um, because, yeah, again, you know, a lot of people are are part of our community to play Star Citizen, and when you don't have the opportunity to group up with people, it, it you know it, it can be difficult on the Sunday nights, but. Now that that option seems to be, um, you know, in its infancy, iteration-wise, uh, I'm really excited um, to to get together with everybody. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a very good thing, and um, that it's going to uh, make our um, our so the social aspect of the game that much better. Absolutely, oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of the organization, we have 294 members now. Wow. Um, since uh, we're getting real close to that 300 mark, um, I'm not sure what we're going to do at 300. Um, maybe we'll say, hey, 300 is a big number. When it gets to 300, one of us will have to go, this is Sparta. All right. You've done it. Hey, we'll use that song. I say, I say done. you've done it. We've got it on audio. We'll just play that back. <laughs> Fantastic. Perfect. Another nice. ringtone for Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, since last time, Data Transfer joined us. He said, uh, hey, I've been listening to your podcast on and off since last March. Finally decided to search you guys out. Well, you found us, and welcome aboard. Uh, Silta's Tafafir. 
said, Hi there, I have been listening to the show for a while now and thoroughly enjoy it. I first heard of Star Citizen whilst playing Elite Dangerous and eventually converted. I was hooked from the second I walked into my Avenger Stalker and every ship I have had since has made me love the game more and more. I currently own a Cutlass Black, a 315P, and an Avenger Stalker. I recently started a YouTube series where my girlfriend evaluates my decisions to spend uh, X amount of pounds, uh, money, on ships, which has been very fun. I'm sure that has got to be (laughs) hilarious. That would be fantastic. That that is a YouTube channel that's going to end very abruptly. (laughs) Yes, this is something. Uh, Slowly, I am showing her how to play the game as she isn't really an FPS or space sim expert. I hope to join you and see you all in the verse. Well, you have joined us, so come out and join us on Sunday or whenever uh, whenever it is that... um, I'm going to have to look them up on YouTube now. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. And then Junuste joined us. Said, hey, guys, found Star Citizen through a friend in November of 2015 after he showed off his hangar and the concept of the game to me. The next six hours to follow, I began researching the game and catching up from the the past few years. I also played Star Wars Galaxies back in the day and was hooked once I saw the depth of Star Citizen. Currently, my ships are Cutlass Red, Cutlass Black, which he's uh, planning to upgrade to a blue, Freelancer, and a Titan. Looking to fit in wherever needed with specialty in medic and cargo hauling. Thanks. Well, welcome aboard. Um, and uh, we received a follow-up message uh, from uh, Scooty Puff Jr., uh, who said, Vendus is a handful at work. <laughs> nice. Is anyone surprised by that? Not nope. at all. Not even a little bit. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, Scooty Puff. Uh, if you're within the sound of my voice at work, refer to him as Stupendous Vendus at least once. <laughs> all right. Wow. Seed planted. Done. <laughs> And then over at the website at versecast.org, we had uh, new members Zlatan join us, as did Stucky. Um, I love their peanut logs. Um, and Sorian. Are there still Stuckies? In, I have no idea what you were referring to. What in is the South Stucky? Mark? I have no idea. Stuckies? Roadside? Like They're like gas stations and that, mini mart? That is not a word I know. I think wow. you may have dated yourself. Yes, I used to. I had really good peanut logs. <laughs> oh, that wow. does not sound appetizing <laughs> in the least. Wow. <laughs> no, that is that sounds like a euphemism, Cleep. I'm sorry. Oh, you know well, what? You um, know what I could go for? I could go for a tasty peanut log right now. Right? Ew. Yeah. <laughs> All those I listeners at home, I was go ahead and put that. Go ahead and put that in your little search <laughs> engine box. Find yourself a peanut log. <laughs> Brought to you by They were simpler times. All right. Well, I think that... Did I say Sorian? Sorian joined us, too. I got got stuck on the stucky. (laughs) Just wordplay. All right. So what's coming up, guys? Well, we are hoping to get 2.2 release to the live so that Ace can finally fly his saber, right? Right? Am I right? Mm. Oh, it's so much fun, Ace. Stop it. Oh. (laughs) Stop it. You're like, mmm, look at this. This tasty saber. Mm. It's so fantastic. You can't have any. It's like a peanut Leave log. Alone. It's just like it's a tasty like... peanut log. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, our Sunday meetups, uh, please do watch for the tweets. 6 p.m. on Sundays. Uh, come out and join us. They are a lot of fun. 
All right. Uh, so please do go to engine.com for all your site hosting needs. That is engin.com. Please be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com where you can find a rebroadcast of the previous week's Versecast every Saturday afternoon. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at Versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustry.com slash orgs slash Versecast. Please upvote us there on the RSI Community Hub in the Podcast and Deep Space Radar sections. Links to these are in the show notes. On Steam, we are Those Guys With Ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Say goodnight, Gracie. My name is Gleep. All of my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy can find me most chatty on Twitter. Uh, the rest of my contact info is in the show notes. And by all means, please come and listen to the delightful, docile tones of Jackson in uh, Quantum Drive, the show that I do every Thursday night and Saturday, uh, Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, Saturday, 1 p.m. PST. And uh, I, it's over at the base, and I mix lore and music together and tell a delightful Star citizeny story. It's true. It's good times. Uh, good night, Gracie. Uh, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes, my deets. Um, otherwise, <laughs> you can email me at aceatversecast.org or aceasme87 at gmail.com. Um, I'm also most commonly here in the team speak so come find me now I'll, I'll i'll bend you know bend an ear to whatever you have to say um uh He's a helpful man and and it's just as, as a personal shout out uh to all my pokemon brothers and sisters happy 20th anniversary <laughs> oh wow we were just oh, talking about on. pokemon oh come i on. never once i didn't well whatever anyway First Fluttershy and now Pokemon. Right. Shutterfly. Wait, Shutter, no, Fluttershy, right? Flutter, Fluttershy? Flippy, Shutterfly. Fl- Shutterfly Slippy sounds like Shy? a photo company. Isn't that where you like post photographs or something? Slippy, it is. Flippy Flutter? Okay. It's a pink horse. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Well, I'm Mark. You reach me at madcow, M-A-D-K-O-W, 1001 at gmail.com. Don't you have a verse cast email yeah, No, you never get, you, you said, hey, Mark, let's get you a verse cast, and then it never happened. Well, we need to kick this upstairs. But anyway, besides that, uh, also M-A-D-K-O-W. You can look for me on Steam. I'm the one with the purple plushy dinosaur. Can't miss me. Uh, other than that, you can get me... What's its name? I, don't even, I have no idea. I don't even know. It was a dog toy, I'm pretty sure. I found it in a whole host of images on Google. Uh, other than that, uh, you can most likely find me at my local station where we... Uh, uh, it's called uh, Couch Forts for Kids. Uh, where we go around and break into homes uh, and make couch forts out of any any uh, any spare furniture they have available. So, um, <laughs> if, if, if you come home one day and find your fort, find your couch a fort, you'll know I've been there. Wow! <laughs> wow! Can we get a can we get a discount? Uh, it depends. Uh, possibly. I think this is a service forced, not a, a service free, offered. Uh, it's a free, free, free service is what a, this is. It's a forced <laughs> service. Oh, oh, well, yeah. That's even better. It's kind of like it's kind of like eating your vegetables, that sort of thing. A lot of vegetables. That, why is that not surprising? Me? <laughs> and the peanuts. Yes, we're aware of that. <laughs> 
Alright, well then, until next time, we are those guys with ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. Build this fort now. Oh man, there are enough pillows. <laughs> there See, are never enough pillows. There are so I have a que- I have a question. Um, driving through uh, driving through the country, uh, I I was in the middle of the country and I came across a donut shop called the Donut Hole. So the question is, can I get <laughs> can I get a peanut log from the Donut Hole? <laughs> Man, you've been waiting to say that for the last like five you've minutes. Been on you? Yes, I've been sitting oh, yeah. on that one for you a know, while. I was, just, I was working on him for a bit. <laughs> Oh, God, we got to end this now. <laughs> <laughs>